TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Our next guest is the Assistant Director of Veterans Employment and Education Division at the American Legion. Ariel DeJesus, welcome to the Morning Briefing. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Eric. As I understand, you happen to be a veteran, so let's talk about that experience and that service. Where are you from? When did you join and what did you do? Well... I'm from uh, Puerto Rico, but I grew up in New York. I uh, joined the Marine Corps uh, right out of high school uh, in the early 90s, probably 1980, 89, 90, I joined the Marine Corps, uh, and I retired in 2010. Um, did a lot of different things in the Marine Corps, anywhere from uh, the infantry area to uh, crew chief for the 53s, wow. helicopters. So I had a uh, had a pretty good uh, pretty good career. It was it was a lot of fun. My last tour was uh, recruiting duty out of uh, Camden, New Jersey, no less. Wow! So it was uh, challenging. It was during the height of the war. So, um, but it, it was a good tour. I I really enjoyed it. Um, but that's when I decided I wanted to uh, retire. Yeah. from Marine Corps. <laughs> recruiting uh, duty can have that effect on some people. I noticed. I worked there as a public affairs officer, but being an actual recruiter, it's one of the more stressful jobs in the military. Believe it or not. It is. It was. Um, it was very stressful, um, but it was. It was also rewarding too. You know, being able to see uh, some of the kids that you can, uh, especially being in Camden. You know, taking a lot of those kids from the inner cities, giving them options and opportunities to to better themselves and to get out of that environment they're in. Camden is one of the rougher uh, places in the United States. Uh, not a lot of opportunity within Camden. So, as you said, helping people to get out of there, that's one of the things that a lot of recruiters do take pride in, particularly when working in those high-crime areas. Now, Ariel, as you mentioned, 20 years in the Marine Corps at that point, you decided to retire out of Camden. Think back to that retirement. I mean, you're coming up on almost a decade ago that you retired, as hard as that may be to believe. But what do you remember about that transition period when you went from Ariel de Jesus Marine to Ariel de Jesus, you know, former Marine, current civilian? You, you know, it was um, it wasn't what I what I expected. To be quite honest, uh, it was um, it was quick, it was fast, and they really back then. The while the transition program, the transition system program was good. It wasn't adequate enough. Uh, mm. It was more of um, here's a book, here's what you're supposed to do, here's your resume. If you have any questions, you know, refer to the book. Mm. Really, so it wasn't um, it, it wasn't a good transition for me. Uh, when I retired again and I transitioned out, I went to a uh, I went to a career fair again. Me thinking twenty year Marine, you know, lead Marines, um, who's not going to want to hire me? Right. Well, when I retired, I retired not having uh, as much credentials as, as most people did. I didn't have a degree. Mm. Uh, so when I went to the, my first career fair, you know, taking the little bit of knowledge that the uh, program gave me, the transition assistance program gave me, I, I found out that not everybody wanted to hire a uh, a Marine with 20 years due to my lack of education. Mm. Um, so I wound up going to school and actually wind up uh, – working for the same university I was going to. Oh, wow. And, and I tell everybody, um, and, and I brag about it, because in, uh, in four and a half years, I was able to obtain my uh, bachelor's and my master's. Wow. 
So it took a lot of work, and I was a full-time student as well. Um, and then I wound up, again, as I was saying, working for higher education uh, until I left and began working for the American Legion. You know, one of the things I ask veterans that we have on the show, and we're speaking with Ariel DeJesus, Assistant Director of Veterans Employment and Education Division at the American Legion, is what advice they would have for veterans who are coming up on transition, whether it's a retirement, whether they're finishing a four-year term. But I don't need to ask if you have advice, because that's literally in your job description, Ariel. <laughs> you work on veterans' employment. So when we look at people, whether it's someone you know getting out as a gunny who did 20 years in the Marine Corps, uh, a 25-year Master Chief in the Navy, or you know Private First Class who did four years in the Army and got out, what are the key things that veterans need to know as they look for that post-service employment? One of the key things to be going on is start early in your career. Um, whether you're going to do the, the, the four-year enlistment or the 20-plus years, you really want to start really early in your career so that way you can get a better understanding of what's going to be out there. What are you really looking for? Is it time for you to make that transition? One of the problems we're seeing right now with our veterans, particularly our young veterans, is they just want to get out. And when they get out, they have no plan or nothing in mind for when they leave. It's just, I worry about it when I get out. By then, you know, it'll be too late. They don't have the necessary skills or they may not have everything that they need. And some of them wind up could wind up becoming homeless, which yeah. brings another, you know, problem. You know, I think there's some people that think, uh, you know, I'm just going to get a bus ticket and my sea bag and go home and I'll figure it out when I get there. As you just said, that's not the best way to go about things. You need to prepare for that employment, trying to figure out what jobs you qualify for, what you might be available for. Are there any resources that come to mind, particularly when you think about veterans who are looking for employment as they come, uh, you know, maybe they're in the middle of their military career, maybe they're near the end of it. Where should they be looking to find out what they might qualify for and what jobs might be available for them? Well, for veterans, they have they have quite a few options, quite a few resources out there. They can reach out to the Soldier for Life. They can reach out for the Marine for Life. Um, definitely, they can start attending career fairs. Um, it's career fairs, you know, really everywhere. Uh, the American Legion, in particular, partners up with uh, DoD hiring our heroes, uh, U.S. Chamber Foundation, uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation hiring our heroes, and Job Zone. We kind of partner up with them, and we attend all of those career fairs. And I tell a lot of people, I went to three career fairs before I was able to actually find um, employment. Uh, going, you know, they're just out there, so I actually attended three of them and, and started going to school, and, and I also got hired from the same one. Mm. Found that school, that university, at the career fairs, you know, looking for it. So I tell everyone, start early, start going to these career fairs, start going online, posting your resume, looking at all the different sites that are out there, career builders, get your stuff out there to see what you have and what's out there for you. Mm. Uh, and, and start again, start early. Don't wait until 30 days prior to you getting out or 90 days prior to you getting out. Uh, I, I know the military has mandated that each service member attend the transition assistance program at least 18 to 12 months out. Really? 
That's is that yeah. Well, I mean, compared to when I got, you got out 2010, I got out 2011, and I think it was like a month before I got out, I went to a two-week course that was telling me to get a job with the government, and I had no interest in getting a job with the government, so uh, it wasn't the greatest class for me. I understand there have been many changes, but now they're, they're also telling people to take it more than once, right? Take it, take it more than once, definitely. Um, people's situations, they change every 90 days. For some, they change almost every day. So, you know... <laughs> Being more prepared prior to you getting out or getting closer to your time leaving, definitely it's a benefit. Uh, it's that one guy who waits to the last minute to try to consume everything. It's it's, um, it's more like getting fed to a fire hose. Mm. So what are you really retaining? What are you really knowing? You know, so waiting to the last minute is just, just not good. That's why we recommend that you attend. You can attend more than twice. Yeah, you can go as you often know, as you want. I as mean, often really. as you want. Uh, and, and again, since I've gotten out, that transition assistance program has changed four times. Mm. Four times since 2010. It's not that long, really. I mean, when I was a kid, eight years was forever. Now that I'm old, eight years is nothing, man. It, it, it is. It is nothing. <laughs> but it just goes to show how much things are changing, how things are always, you know, either getting better or or just evolving, you know. Right. So. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. And another thing I wanted to ask you about, Ariel, and we're speaking with Ariel DeJesus. He's the Assistant Director of Veterans Employment and Education Division at the American Legion. Should those coming up on the end of their service and those who have just gotten out be reaching out for help from their fellow veterans and even their command while they're in as far as looking for advice on how to go about things? Because... I feel like in the military, you're in kind of a unique space where you typically don't get in the civilian world. If I go to my boss, uh, you know, at, at any company in the civilian world and go, hey, I'm looking to get another job. Can you give me any advice on how I can go about doing that? That's usually not kosher, you know, that's not allowed. Right. But in the military, they know your time is coming to an end at some point. Is that something that veterans uh, should be doing more of, reaching out to either their current command or people they know who've gotten out as far as gathering more advice from the community? Definitely. Uh, one of the big things I tell everyone is networking. You should always, always be networking, uh, even if, especially if you know you're getting out soon. Um, start networking. Uh, statistics shows that 75% of the people that get jobs are getting them through networking. And 25% go through the traditional uh, filling out the application and, you know, the whole job board right. post and stuff. But networking is definitely key to uh, making sure that you get uh, again, that job you're looking for, and you have stuff already set up and situated for you for when it's time for you to make that transition out of the military. What are some of the big no-nos that you see veterans doing? Things that veterans do that make them uh, less employable or they think might be preparing them for the job market but are actually counterproductive. Is there anything that sticks out to you? Your resumes. Um, when a veteran or a service member who's transitioned out drafts a resume, it has so much military jargon, mm -hmm. acronyms, you know, abbreviations to where people like myself and, you know, other veterans, other service men, we may know what they mean, but to that average employee out there who's looking, who's never served, just sees a bunch of letters, but it's a turnoff, really, and they're not understanding it, so yeah, it's not good. It's not good practice. Um, I know the, the Transition Assistance Program does try to, alleviate that and help the veteran learn how to properly uh, uh, write a good resume. I know with the American Legion, one of the key things that we're doing is we're actually trying to, uh, we actually do workshops, resume workshops, where we bring in 
uh, HR experts who actually look at resumes and teach uh, the transgender service members or even the veterans how to write an effective resume uh, and not just putting their whole career and trying to condense it into a few sheets. Right. It's, it's not effective. It's just a lot of noise. And as you talked about with the jargon and the acronyms, I remember working at recruiting in Jacksonville, Florida, and one of our recruiter in charges, a.k.a. Rink, of one of the stations in Jacksonville, came to me with his resume as he was getting ready to retire and said, hey, you kind of write stuff for a living. Can you take a look at this and make sure I didn't spell anything wrong? And and it had rank in there. And I had to point out to him, like, listen, if you go to someone to tell them that you were a rank, you're going to be like, people were ice skating on you? I don't understand. <laughs> what does this mean? It doesn't mean anything to the outside world. And there's kind of a fine line, I think, and, and to get your opinion on this, between not including enough about your military career and going over the top with using the acronyms. There needs to be kind of a fine middle there, right? I mean, I've heard many employers say, we want to know about what you did while you were in the military, but you need to present it in a way that, that we can actually understand. Right. There's a lot of resources out there that actually um, translate your, your job for you. So if you put in what you did your, your uh, military occupation specialty number, it normally converts it and tells you the um, civilian sector lingo you know, on what it is. Um, I tell a lot of people, you also want to tailor your resume. If there's a particular job you're really looking for, you really want to tailor it to that particular job description. Um, again, a lot of people throw in a generic um, resume, mm. which... Really, it doesn't really capture the, uh, the the hiring manager or the HR rep's attention because it's, it's a generic one. What are you really applying for? And do your skill sets fit what we need? Right. And it's, it's very interesting that they, that is one of the constant difficulties that we hear about veterans having is resume writing. And part of that is that we don't have anything similar in the military. The closest would be your eval. Mm -hmm. And your eval is nothing like a resume. It's it's very quick bullet points. There's no expansion on anything. There's a numbering system, checked boxes. The resume is a little bit more involved, and I think it, a lot of veterans get scared when it comes time to write a resume. But as you said, there's plenty of places that they can find to help them with a resume and not ones that you even need to pay for. I mean, the American Legion workshops, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that those are probably free, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh the workshops for the uh, the resumes are free. We even do a uh, a branding, you know, teach you how to properly utilize uh, social media, in particular LinkedIn. Mm. If you look at a lot of uh, veterans or service members when they transition to their LinkedIn accounts, may not be um, effective. Yeah, it's just things just thrown in there. So this can be very effective. I, I got, uh, in the last month, I think, two or three job offers from LinkedIn. Not jobs that I had any interest in, but job offers nonetheless. And for people who are out there struggling to get by and aren't in a position where they're working in a job that they love doing and they're, they're, they're looking for something more, LinkedIn is one of those ways that's significantly underutilized, I think. You know, you spend more time on Twitter than you do on LinkedIn while you're looking for a job. I don't think you're doing it right. I mean, is that is that necessarily the case? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, those are one of the, uh, the workshops that the American Legion does offer to our service members transition. Even those veterans that have been out for a while, teach you how to, again, utilize social media to your advantage. And as you stated before, you got three job offers just based off and wasn't even looking. Yeah. So it just shows uh, how powerful and effective uh, uh, LinkedIn account can can work.
One of them was in North Dakota, and that's just too cold and windy for me. I mean, even as a <laughs> Northeasterner, like I'm not doing that great playing stuff. We're speaking with Ariel DeJesus. He's the Assistant Director of the Veterans Employment and Education Division at the American Legion. Let's talk about that education, something that some people may include on a resume, depending on what job type you're looking for or not. But of course, you have to get that education first. What are some of the keys for veterans getting out when trying to find the right school or the right program for them to continue their education, either while they're serving or after they get out? Well, one of the things, uh, again, going back to the transition assistance program, uh, they offer you three different tracks. First, you go through your your normal five-day classroom setting where you talk with the VA, the Department of Labor tells you about the resume, and then DOD. Uh, then you got the opportunity uh, to attend a two-day um, course uh, where you get to choose either the workforce, entrepreneurship, or education. Uh, and it tells you, and it breaks down to you on what schools are out there. There's a lot of resources, and I tell that to everyone, a lot of resources out there to help you identify which schools are good, which are uh, which are the bad apples, Um Based again off of what you want to do and where you're trying to go, and shows you the graduation rates. I mean, there's just a lot of information there. And I tell veterans, research it. You need to truly research the schools uh, to find out exactly which one's going to meet your needs. There are those unscrupulous schools out there, those for profit universities. And not every for profit university is a bad school. No. However, it seems that when you look at the list of bad schools for veterans, the for-profit universities tend to make up the lion's share of those on the list. You know, state universities, private universities uh, tend to operate in just a different way that, that makes them less susceptible to being seen as predatory of students, including veterans. So, yeah, that's certainly a big one to keep an eye on. When it comes to pursuing that education, you know, when I got out, Ariel, I thought to myself, I hated school. I barely graduated from high school. I had to go to summer school to actually finish up at Stanford High School because I didn't like showing up to class all that often. (laughs) Now, it was over a decade later, and I decided I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to go to community college first, not not use a lot of the GI Bill, but use enough of it to see if this is going to work out for me. Turns out uh, 10 plus years made quite a difference in my academic performance. Those veterans who have a similar experience, who maybe joined because I don't want to go to college and sit in a classroom, should they in some way try to see if education might be beneficial for them or if it's something that they've changed their approach to or their 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 performance in uh, just by trying out a course here or there? Is that something that you would recommend? Oh, definitely. It's something I would recommend Uh, like yourself. uh, I joined the Marine Corps right after high school. I had no desire to go to college or anything of that nature. But again, it wasn't until I retired when I realized um, what I was lacking, mm. and you and utilizing the benefits you know that I got from the from military, the GI Bill. Again, I was able to obtain both my bachelor's and my master's. I tell everyone, um, while school, as far as you know, degree wise, may not be for everyone. There are different programs out there. There's the uh, apprenticeship programs. You've got certifications out there. Um, Journeymen's. I mean, there's just a lot of other things out there aside from your traditional community college or your your four year degree, right? Uh, where you can actually get good paying jobs. Yeah, uh, out there. I believe uh, there's a few out there that start you off at sixty five thousand dollars for just an apprenticeship or um, a certificate, as opposed to you know that traditional four year degree. Yeah, so, and it's a lot faster. I mean, some of those schools, quicker. you're talking six months to a year to complete the training. Uh, I have a friend who works, uh, he now works for Harley-Davidson fixing motorcycles. Yeah. 
He's doing very well there. You know how long he went to school? I think it was about 14 months for his entire program, and he went through a couple of them. So it's not always the four-year university or even the two-year community college that's the that's the answer. Right. And in a lot of those schools, the GI Bill applies to a lot of different programs these days, doesn't it? It does. It actually applies to uh, almost anything. Uh, anyone who really wants to uh, to attend it, they just need to ensure that that the uh, the school is registered with the VA and that the VA will acknowledge them. I just recently had someone uh, ask me about uh, being a home inspector. Does the GI Bill cover it? Right. Well, yeah, told me he needed to go and find out because I didn't know, but it did actually. It actually did cover it based off of what he was trying to do. Yeah. So, I mean, not only the, the GI Bill, you know, right now the GI Bill, it doesn't expire anymore. So we've got the new Forever GI Bill, but we also have vocational rehabilitation, um, which a lot of veterans don't know about. Right. So you know, again, I tell everyone, vocational rehabilitation is, is there to assist you in finding gainful employment. Right. You know, so based off your disability, you know, the type of job you're looking for, they would actually pay for you to get retrained to go to school and and be adequately prepared for that job. And uh, Voc Rehab, which I looked into, uh, I, I was eligible for it, unfortunately, in the uh, the chosen field that I wanted to go into. They said, man, that's not something that we're really offering a program in. Um, but it offers a, a longer period of time for educational benefits, not in that it expires, but like you get five years of or whatever it is, five, 12, 24, 48 60 months of education as opposed to 48 under the GI Bill, things like that. Uh, also a little bit of extra money in there. I mean, there are a lot of things that people need to uh, be aware of, whether it's something they can take advantage of or not. Just knowing that it's out there, that's the key. How do we make the veteran community more aware of programs like vocational rehab or the fact that the GI Bill doesn't just cover four-year universities? How do we get that message out to them, Ariel? And that's uh, that's a good question. I know American Legion right now is trying to uh, encourage Congress to to create some type of either policy legislation that's going to actually make the commands or make it part of the curriculum for transition assistance to get the word out there on what's available to these uh, veterans as they're leaving. Again, and you're right, they're not getting the word. Um, a lot of them are in the mindset of I'm leaving. What's the date? When's my last day? They're not really focusing. Again, goes back to starting their transition early in their career right. as opposed to the latter part or the end of their career. When you hear someone say, if you're in the military, particularly if you're a senior person, if you're a first class or a staff sergeant and one of your juniors is saying, oh, 30 days in a wake up, ask them then what? What comes after that wake-up? Because if you're not thinking about it, you're messing up. And we're speaking with Ariel DeJesus, Assistant Director of the Veterans Employment and Education Division at the American Legion. And Ariel, one of the things that people can look for, and you know what, if you know what day you're getting out, you can start looking at a calendar and scheduling these things that you can go to. Career fairs. These are important. And as I understand it, there's some pretty big ones coming up, aren't there? Definitely. Uh, career fairs are definitely a a stepping stone into to your transition. You really want to get out there and you really want to start looking at what's out there and what's the uh, job market, what's your competition, what do you have. Uh, right now we've got one coming up. Uh, the American Legion has their winter conference uh, starting at the end of this month. But February 23rd, we actually have a career fair along with workshops going on that particular day from 9 a.m. to about 4. We've got our career shops from 9 to one 
uh, where it teaches you again your resume, uh, financial literacy, as well as branding. And then the career fair itself, which goes from one to four over at the Washington Hilton in Connecticut, in uh, D.C. off Connecticut Avenue. So one of the other things I like to really put out there is, again, the career fairs are vital. Uh, it's, it's definitely a place for you to get out there and, and start looking. Uh, and we, as I stated earlier, we, we participate with uh, DOD hiring our heroes. Um, the leading stance is the more opportunities out there, the more career fairs out there, the better off the service member is or the veteran is to find employment. If you start narrowing it down and doing away with certain ones and just um, allowing just one entity to hold the career fairs, uh, it really does a disservice to the service member. Uh, word is out there that DOD hiring our heroes is it's going to be doing away with theirs and allowing U.S. Chamber of Commerce to 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 hold them all. Uh, again, the American Legion doesn't agree with that because again, now you're narrowing that uh, that field for uh, for that service member, that transition member, um, to, to find employment. Yeah. Well, those career fairs are important. I mean, if you say to someone, imagine a place where you could just walk up, say hello to someone, and you could have a job for the rest of your life. That's what career fairs are all about. So if people want to find out more about that career fair that you just mentioned and more about the American Legion's uh, direct uh, veterans employment and education initiatives, where do they go to find out that stuff, Ariel? To get that information, you would go to legion.org forward slash careers. Uh, It'll give you a, a true listing of all the career fairs that the American Legion has and that the American Legion will be participating, not just the one coming up here in uh, the 23rd of February. But more in the future, right? Definitely out throughout the future and throughout the country. We've been speaking with Ariel DeJesus, Assistant Director of the Veterans Employment and Education Division at the American Legion. Ariel, thank you so much for your time this morning. Well, thank you for having me here, Eric. It was a pleasure. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.